Previously on At the Movies with Arch Campbell and Lou Katz. I just finished Lupin. Oh. Is that the Lupin. <laughs> or Lupin. You know, you can call it Lupin. Lupin. <laughs> but that, I think, is just a kick in the pants. Hello once again, this is Lou Katz, and I have the honor of welcoming you to the podcast that does its best to keep you informed on the ever, ever changing world of entertainment. And here's how we do it. We start off by welcoming our host, senior entertainment reporter, the one, the only, Arch Campbell. Thank you, Lou Katz, and hello, everybody, and uh, what a great uh, pleasure to be back uh, on the podcast this week, and this week... I am very excited to welcome my longtime friend, Susan Wazina of Gold Derby and RogerEbert.com. And hello, Susan. Hello. Good morning. Susan, and of course, I loved your work for many years on USA Today. And uh, also today, a longtime friend of mine and uh, one of the most creative guys in Washington. And he is the guy who breathed life into Film Fest DC, the creator of the DC Film Festival, Tony Getz. Tony, how are you, Arch? How are you? Hi, Tony. Good morning, everyone. Good morning. It's kind of a of a of an annual event when I can yeah, talk yeah. to you about Film Fest DC. So uh, we like to start this show by asking everybody, "What are you watching?" And Susan, what are you obsessed with these days? Well, there's Mayor of Easttown, which is coming oh. to its conclusion this oh. week. God, I and love that everyone show. in that town, I'll tell you, <laughs> they all, <laughs> all any one of them could have done it, right? <laughs> Isn't it great that they've uh, they've basically just reinvented the cliffhanger of the Who Done It, and every week they throw us off, they throw a, a something that really isn't uh, relevant at us, making us think one thing, and then they bounce us around another way. I'm wondering if the t the area is going to have tourist traffic because I don't think <laughs> I would want to go there. Now. <laughs> it's too dangerous. <laughs> Well, what do you call that kind of writing, really? I don't know. Um, it, it's very entangled. I mean, it's <laughs> like you you need like, you know, one of those things, like one of those charts they put in a police station to keep up with it, you know, because half the time I go, wait, do I know who this is? I mean, there's so <laughs> many people. <laughs> that's that's what I've been watching the, the last few weeks, again, being very surprised that I thought it was going to be a small town who done it, but then all of a sudden it became uh, about the characters and the character development and and the surprise of these very odd people in this small town, which is not a I'm not familiar with small towns. I can't imagine they're all yeah. as weird as, as they seem <laughs> on that show. But but what they did with it was to turn it into uh, real art. You know, it, it, it's not the straight, well, somebody did it and who did it. But all of a sudden, these people will show up, her relationship to her, her ex-husband, to her daughter, to her mother, to the police chief to whom she reports. Um, it, it, I, I watch it for to see what kind of weird folk is going to show up every week. Now, Tony, this brings up something that I want to ask you, and that is, uh, you started Film Fest DC. Is it 
35 years ago how long has it been now it's been 35 this is our 35th festival that we're doing uh, next month and i fondly remember the very first opening night at the lincoln theater and your world has been in theaters with big screens yeah and now so many of us are talking about uh shows like mayor of east town that are streaming on our home screen. And how are you making that transition? This festival and the last one we did last year were all virtual festivals. That is, they were online as opposed to, to being in actual buildings and theaters. And it was not just us, but all the film festivals around the world pretty much had to pivot away from what is called in-person events to virtual events. And we had to learn how to do it. Uh, we had to learn about platforms and about geo-blocking, all these terms I've never used before, <clears throat> and about getting our audience interested in seeing our films, not in movie theaters, but as we like to say, in the comfort of their own homes. And we've done well. We've done well. Uh, there are benefits to it and some things that are not as, as beneficial to us, but we, people are showing up, you know, thousands of people uh, are tuning in and, and buying tickets online. Will it go back? What's your feeling? Well, there's my feeling and my wanting and then what I read and, and, and the, uh, the stats and the, the interviews they're doing with people. I think it will not be the same as pre-COVID. <clears throat> I think that a lot of people said they're not, going, they're not ready to go back into movie theaters, that they still don't feel safe there. And what's happened is that there are platforms like Netflix and um, Amazon Prime, mm -hmm and and all, all the studios have their own platforms now and so they offer an alternative so you really don't have to go to a movie theater wait it out a little a few weeks a month or so and it's going to be right there for you to sit and watch with your family or by yourself in your home so i think that's uh, going to keep some people out of the movie theater on the other well, hand it's like restaurants people can eat at home but we still go out to restaurants because we like to be out and we like to be around other people uh, and television cannot provide big screens and crowds the way movie theaters are. So I think people will always be attracted to that. We'll always go to the movies. I think that that, that option will always be there for us. Well, let's get back to Susan. And uh, well, first, Susan, what do you think of that? Uh, are you ready to go back to uh, screenings? Have you been to a screening in a theater? No, and I unfortunately, I think I told you this in previous podcasts, but my last movie I saw in the theater was Cats. And <laughs> well, didn't leave a but, bad taste in your mouth. But um, they did provide us, um, the people in DC who show us movies, uh, a link for Cruella I saw, but at home. I just don't feel ready yet. I mean, I, I'm all vaccinated. I wear masks even now because you never know, you know, they don't know everything about this disease. So <laughs> I think popcorn might be a carrier. <laughs> Actually, I think you're right. Even on a good day without coronavirus, I think sometimes the, the stand, the concession stand isn't a good idea. So. <laughs> uh, I'm hearing good things about Cruella. From the very beginning, I realized I saw the world differently than everyone else. That didn't sit well with some people. But I wasn't for everyone. I guess they were always scared. 
that I'd be a psycho. Oh, it's quite good. And, you know, the last time they did this, one of these, you know, origin stories for a villainess was uh, Maleficent. And that was kind of a sad film. And, you know, it wasn't fun. This is just a blast because it's set in the punk era and it's got that attitude. It has a jukebox score of, you know, from Blondie to The Clash. And the fashions are amazing. And basically, Emma Stone and Emma Thompson, I mean, it's maybe nobody ever cast them together because of the same thing. <laughs> but I think they're just great rivals for this. And it, it has this devil wears Prada, you know, kind of a feel, uh -huh. but in a cartoon land. So it, it's, you know, I mean, I'm not going to spoil the whole plot or anything, but they end up being rivals and stuff. And uh, it's very fun to watch. And now this is Disney Plus, right? They just gave me a link. I don't think mm -hmm. it's going to be, I don't know if it's going to be on that, that I, site. I think it's Disney Plus, uh, a premium payment. Right. And, and uh, you got to pay like $30 for them. Yeah, that's my next hang up these days is the uh, the nineteen dollar and ninety five cent download when you got to pony up a twenty right. to see something that might not be good or might be great. Well, it, it's a it's an issue whether people are going to be ready like you are to to go ahead and do that, you know. But it it for some families it's cheaper than going downtown. Mm -hmm. If you're going with someone, you have to pay. For them, it's two tickets. Uh, uh, you have to park your car or take Uber. It becomes an expensive yeah. outing. So, you know, most people would rather put down that $20 at home than the 40 or $50 they have to spend going out. It's, you know, you're saying time. that makes me wonder, Susan, if uh, our passion for movies is sort of a, of a lonely passion, that the movies I particularly enjoyed, I watched by myself. Right, yeah. Well, I, I miss your laugh. That's for sure. <laughs> you always knew Arch was in the audience. <laughs> well, <laughs> now I'll, I'll go door to door and laugh for people. I mean, I wished I could have had the, the, you know, frame of mind to see it on a big screen because it is beautiful. The production design is amazing. So, but yeah, I just said, no, I, I, I just didn't want to. So at least not now. There's another film opening, A Quiet Place 2, which is of interest because it was supposed to open in early March of 2020, right as uh, the pandemic closed everything down. And uh, have, you, have you seen or heard anything about that? People were complaining, and I think maybe the first one had this problem too, just keeping the premise of not being able to talk and all that and having these creatures and everything. Sometimes the you know logic behind it isn't quite there, mm -hmm. you know, and so you, you don't want to sit and think, why is this happening, you know, a bit. <laughs> you know, throughout the thing, it, it, it's not as fully, I think, connected as the first one was. I, I, I like the first one. I think the second one is theaters only. Is it? Well, that's why. There'll be a I, test uh, then. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm quoting another reviewer because I haven't seen it, but he said it starts great, 
starts to sag and fizzles out. <laughs> I don't know why he came all the way up here. There's nothing left. There are people out there. People worth saving. Well, that's like a lot of sequels. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's like my, my first marriage was like that. Speaking of mayor of Easttown, as we a mayor of Easttown to me is the one thing you hear everybody talking about. And then when that comes up, everybody talks about Jean Smart. Oh, yeah. And how wonderful she is. And I'm starting to watch uh, her comedy show, Hacks. Are you watching Hacks? Of course. Yeah. No, I mean, I love her anyway, but. They're saying, you know, the reconnaissance. Well, this is a reconnaissance. Uh, That's with somebody. I saw a headline like that, and you know, you don't. I don't think about her very much. I mean, she was on Designing Women, and that she was very good there. But now she's sixty-nine, and she's having this breakthrough, and she's terrific. And uh, the, her companion is Lorraine Newman's daughter, who's her writer yeah jokes trying to keep her you know upgraded in her delivery department <laughs> they it's a very interesting young woman old woman combination so yeah the demographic spread is actually uh, pretty neat in that i'm rooting for gene smart but i'm listening to uh to the to the young woman who's trying to help her and uh you know that's that's good stuff yeah Anything else you want to mention? You've been oh, I, I breezed through Halston like nobody's business. I oh, just yeah? loved it, Didn't and you? I don't think it it's gotten every review has been glowing. But I know that era very well. Like when I was in graduate school, Halston perfume came out uh -huh. and all that. But Ewan <laughs> McGregor, I, he's always kind of underestimated. I love him as an actor, but he never gets the due I think he deserves many times. I've been an outsider my whole life. Till one day I just stopped giving a flying. Halston, listen to me. You're obsessing over all the wrong things. He was in Fargo in the TV series. And yeah. He was good in that. But I think um, I just love reliving that era. And there's this whole new thing with Liza Minnelli. Yeah. Actresses playing Liza Minnelli because it was one in Judy. <laughs> And then there was one in Fosse, and now this woman who plays her is the most fun. And there, whenever Halston and are together in the scene, is just wonderful. And I just remember that era in the whole Studio Fifty Four uh -huh. thing. I never beautiful went there. people. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't like all of Ryan Murphy's product, but this one hit. A sweet spot for me for months and so i watched all five episodes back to back to back when i was supposed to be doing something else so <laughs> <laughs> it always away was was that netflix is that netflix? Uh, i believe it is yes i think it is well i'll try that so tony uh film okay. fest dc officially opens very soon yes june 4th through the 13th of june 10 days. Now, and and this is the second year you'll do it online. So yeah. uh, your your theater base is used to that. One of the things I wanted to ask you is when I think of Film Fest, I think of uh, E Street and the Maza Theater. Mm -hmm. 
and, and neither neither one of them are open. Mazda okay. will not reopen. We're wondering about E Street. Tell me about uh, venues. Will you go back to a venue, and if so, where? Uh, well, also uh, the West End. I told her mm-hmm. yesterday that that's closed up as well. That, that was oh, a oh, landmark the, venue that's gone. Uh, that not okay. reopening is is E Street reopening? I, I haven't heard one way or another. A lot of these will it open, won't it open? Are tied to rents. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the theaters don't own these buildings. It's not like the old days when some folks did. So they have a com- conflicts about rent, who owes what and how much they owe and what they're going to do going going forward. And each one of those theaters has to be negotiated. So Landmark has opened up, I think, uh, about eight or 10 of their theaters. The rest of them remain closed, including, closed, including the two in our area. So we don't know. Uh, it's going to provide a, a, a problem if they don't open, not only for me, but all the other film festivals that that use Landmark and every all the folks who who are not big Hollywood film fans, but like uh, what's called art, foreign films, subtitled films, um, where are they going to be shown? Uh, the Avalon um, is, it, I, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't talked to them. I don't know what their future holds, but it's, uh, you know, we're going to have to learn to live with it and to find a way. And I'm sure we're going to do it like we've, not only us, but all the other film festivals as, as we've done over the decades. One of the things that has stuck in my craw since March of 2020, at the end of March, uh, AMC announced they were closing the Uptown Theater. Mm-hmm. And I think we all thought if they ever tried to close the Uptown, uh, people would be... <laughs> Flinging their bodies in front of the door, throwing popcorn at folks in the owners. Right? Uh, and you know there was no reaction, and the uptown is empty. Are are you hearing anything? I I I understand a group wanted to make the uptown uh, historically protected. Mm-hmm. I, I hadn't um, heard that. Uh, when AMC left the uptown, they took all of the equipment. They took the projection oh. equipment, the sound equipment. Um, I think the screen is still there, um, but that's about it. So we we thought about it. We talked to the owner, Ted and Jim Pettis, Uh about using it for the festival, Uh, but it would be such an expense to rent that stuff. And it it just became financially uh, not the way to go for us. It's a shame. It's a shame. I don't know what the future is with it. With it, uh, it's a loss to the city. Susan, any thoughts on the uptown? I'm just sick about no, it. No, I know. I saw like the big screen. Well, unfortunately, I saw Die Hard 2 there. Why they showed it? <laughs> but, but I remember having Kim Novak sit behind me as I watched Vertigo. Yeah. They brought it back there and they brought back a Space Odyssey. And also, one of my second movie I saw as a kid, my first was Sleeping Beauty, but the second was Spartacus, and I love that film. Uh-huh. So to see it on a big screen again for me, you know, after so long, it was wonderful too. And Tony Curse was there, and um, the actress, I forget her name, but uh, it was just cool that they had these events like that. It was like old Hollywood, a little piece of glitter of it you know, for us little lowlifes to, you know, be the people in person who made these (laughs) classic films. 
Well, yeah, the, Martin Scorsese came back to the Uptown for something he had financed or made possible to be uh, restored. Maybe it was the Vertigo screening. Mm-hmm. I just Maybe. remember yeah, a I don't, group of yeah. us standing around him. Yeah. Well, people, the, the thing is, it's kind of sad in a way, is that um, younger generation, younger kids are quite happy watching great films on their cell phone. <laughs> and, and you know they don't know what we're talking about going into yeah. a wonderful movie palace like like the uptown and just the whole experience they're they're quite happy just looking at it and uh they don't know what they're missing we're recording this a few days before memorial day weekend of 2021 and well, what kind of reaction will you all have when i tell you this is the 40th anniversary of the opening of star wars <laughs> Which played the Uptown. I saw it in the Uptown. Uh huh. So I saw it outside of Chicago. I, I was, uh, I had a semester at Northwestern, and I didn't even know anything about it. I mean, I love American graffiti, but I knew nothing uh-huh. about Star Wars coming. So one of the guys who was in my class, he goes, "You got to go with me. You have to see this movie." And I go, "Why?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, he opened my eyes to that. (laughs) I saw it at the Uptown later in the summer, and the Uptown was crammed with uh, people and fans coming back. And that was sort of the second life for the Uptown when Star Wars opened. Well, both of you, you know, we seem to feel like we're getting back to normal and uh, things are reopening, but I... I don't sense as many movie theaters reopening. I think there's going to be a, a lack of venues. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think that's the case. I mean, we talked about the ones we knew uh, had already closed, and I think others are, are on the way. If I owned a movie theater these days, I'd be not feeling very positive about my financial future. It's just changed. Uh, people, the, the pandemic and having to stay home has uh, made have made people comfortable just staying at home and watching movies and and not going to the movie theater to try to pivot that ramp all that back up it's it's a tough it's it's unfortunate but i think you're right i think i think there are going to be many fewer it's going to be like newspapers you know how back in the day we thought there will always be newspapers you know where when how could there never be newspapers you know and now i mean there are newspapers but they're far fewer than they were before and far thinner too. Yes, right, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nobody's buying ads in those newspapers right. because nobody's buying the newspapers. So I must say that uh, the post does work for our audience. That that we do uh-huh. buy ads in the post, and and we find them very that they they really do uh, get our audience. Uh, we can tell by ticket sales. Um, our our insert comes out this weekend. This Friday will be in the weekend mm-hmm. section. Um, but we find it effective for us. Uh, speaking of uh, things changing, I noticed that uh, Amazon has announced they're going to buy MGM. Mm. We seem to be in a, another period of consolidation mm-hmm. uh, with Amazon versus AT&T versus Netflix versus uh, who else? Apple, Apple. yeah. Well, Is that going to affect Bear- Well, Stephen Colbert was celebrating the fact that 
the outtakes of The Apprentice is owned by MGM. So Jeff Bezos, <laughs> if he has the cojones to do so, could make a lot of money yeah. off it. <laughs> As if he needed more. <laughs> well, we're just, we're, and this is an interesting time. It's interesting to see things changing. Mm -hmm. uh, personally, I'm enjoying going back through my various sites and watching movies I liked uh, 30 years ago mm -hmm. for a couple of bucks. Mm -hmm. I just I want to Susan. I bet will know this one. I I started thinking about Dorothy Parker, and I watched uh, Mrs. Parker and the Vicious Circle. Remember, yeah. Alan Rudolph made that yes. in yeah. like 1995. That and would never it, be made today. No. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. There are so many movies that will not be made. So, Lou, we're doing a lot of talking. What are, What is being watched in the cat's household? Well, like, like most of uh, the world, we've been watching Mayor of Easttown. We really like that a lot. <laughs> Um, hacks. I'm into that with uh, Gene Smart and and uh, Susan. I was not aware that her partner uh, on that show uh, is Lorraine Newman's daughter. That's very cool. Yeah. I won't tell you what Arch said about her. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, you. It wasn't against her. It was, just, it was something about her mom. I'll tell you. I just. I hope she stays away from the Botox because <laughs> her mom's kind of. Had she, one too many. Yeah. She also had a nose job. Oh. <laughs> Lorraine because, did? Yeah, because oh. she was in the movie Perfect, and that's when, um, which wasn't perfect, but <laughs> <laughs> she apparently needed to get the bump away, and, you know, that didn't work with, um, what's her name, from Dirty Dancing either. So. No. <laughs> you know, one no. thing I did oh. One thing I did want to bring up was Saturday Night Live's season finale last week. Now, I know Archer mm -hmm. will occasionally watch it. I can't say anything for you, Susan or Tony, but I, I will say this much. I thought it was one of the more entertaining shows of the entire season. And I wonder why they save all of the good stuff. Why can't they be that good throughout the season? <laughs> Well, I loved when the one, I, I don't know her name, but when she was being Jean Perot and dunking herself in red wine <laughs> in the tank, down to her head, her hair. Cecily Strong. <laughs> right. She's wonderful. So. She's got a Broadway career, I think, background. She's, uh -huh. she's quite charismatic. Huh? And, and I love the news break segment. I think they've really breathed new life into that. Las Vegas is opening a pop-up vaccine site in a strip club. And don't worry, the strippers say the vaccine is a lot like Michael Che. Very quick, and you can barely feel it go in. What, what I find myself binging on is on TV is law and order. Mm -hmm. Law and order, I, I, I when it's always on because it's on various cable channels. So it's always on in some form. <laughs> And I, I think they're like 400 and something episodes of that. I must have seen every one more than once. It's always safe to, to turn it on. I mean, it's great writing, great acting. Um, it, I, it, I'm, I'm stuck on that show. Yeah, and there's a Law & Order reference in Hacks this week. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, the old comedian and the young writer uh, bond over a Law & Order segment. Uh -huh. Yeah, understandable. So, 
Lou, if uh, people want to follow us on email or listen to us on Hound Radio, where where can we? Tell us all about. Well, it's easy to find Arch. He's at arch at houndradio.com. If you need to reach me through the Hound Radio radio station, it's Lou, L-O-O, at houndradio.com. And speaking of Hound Radio, we have something special planned for the Memorial Day weekend. Check this out. It's summertime, summertime. Hound Radio is done with its spring shedding, and that means it's time to swing into summer all Memorial Day weekend long. Whether you're staying home here in the DMV or heading to the beaches, we'll be filling up your musical bowl with all the summer classics. Hot town, summer in the city, back of my neck getting dirt and gritty. Just think, Thrasher's French Fries, Fisher's Popcorn, Dumpster's Dairyland, Core Brothers Frozen Custard. Beach, baby, beach, baby, there are the sand. Listen all Memorial Day weekend long for the sounds of summer as we swing into summer with the SPF 75 powered Hound Radio. Hey, we're back from our brief break, and Tony, you wanted to plug something, right? Can I, can I mention our, our uh, website, the Film Festival website? Film yes, Festival. we mentioned websites. We plugged it. Anyone who's interested, please go there. All the information is right there at your fingertips. How many movies are you going to show at Film Fest 60, this year? 60 this year. 60, we usually show about 70, 75, but we're doing 60, uh, 60 films all over the world. Great stuff, comedies, thrillers, uh, serious stuff, Justice Matters. We have an outdoor event this year. We have, I wanted to do one outdoor event. Good. So we're going to be at the wharf. I don't know if you guys have been Yo, to I've been there. It's great. It is. It's a it's surprisingly very popular spot. And they have a big screen and show movies. So uh, we developed an arrangement where we're showing this film. It's a romantic comedy from the UK that we're doing the premiere of. So it's big fun. We've already sold half the tickets and we haven't really promoted it that much. So it's at the wharf. You know, I've been watching Atlantic Crossing on Masterpiece Theater, which was a Swedish production. It's the story, you all are looking like I'm, <laughs> you've never heard of what it. The, what was that left turn? <laughs> Atlantic Crossing. Well, it's half in Swedish and it's the story of Princess Martha of Norway, who escaped Norway when the Nazis invaded, and Franklin Roosevelt had a crush on her and moved her to Washington, and she lived in Pooks Hill, and uh, half of it is in Swedish, and, you know, it, it speaks to Filmfest DC because I follow, you, you do a lot of subtitle following, oh, yes. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's quite good. Uh, on this show, we like to end with something called Flashbacks and Favorites, which was invented by Jen Cheney. And uh, I'm coming up with the questions now. And my question for both of you this week is, what did you love at the time? What movie or anything did you love at the time that has not passed the test of time? Well, I'm thinking... Animal House. Animal House. Animal House. When I Real. saw that, because you look in it now and what they get away with those guys do, <laughs> it's not really cool. <laughs> but I saw it the first Friday it opened in Cheektowaga, New York. And 
I, no, I mean, that, there wasn't a minute that the people weren't laughing. Find me a way to revoke Delta's charter. You're out. Finished at Faber, expelled. I want you off this campus at nine o'clock Monday morning. But I don't know if it would go over so much now. And I also <laughs> think some of the John Hughes movies that I liked, I would take them a, a little askance. <laughs> you know? That's a good point. Tony? Well, I, I, there are a couple that come to mind. One is Rosemary's Baby which I saw sort of by accident. I sort of wandered into the movie theaters uh -huh. with my friends, not knowing what I was about to see. I was like, oh my God, this poor woman. <laughs> you know, this poor woman. You know, now I think if I saw it, I just think it'd be hokey and, and, and kind of strange. I just always say, Tannis, anyone. That's my <laughs> But I don't think it gets shown very much. I don't never see it on TV. and. I don't know what happened to it, but a Roman Polanski kind of happened. Oh, to it. that's uh -huh. Uh -huh. okay. All right. So they well, just, there uh, you go. There's yet another. Him There's a here. lot of those floating around. Yeah, but I love. I loved her, and I loved uh, that movie. So I'm uh, sorry. That movie scared the bejesus out. I would agree with it's, you. The thought of it still yes. scares me. Yes, I. Agree. Lou, you got something you love that you think now is. Oh, Ishtar. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I, I, I leave I leave those things up to 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 the uh, movie critic pros, not yours truly. <laughs> I am going to say every Star Wars movie after The Empire Strikes Back, uh -huh. I believe, no longer passes the test of time. Mm -hmm. I think they were of their moment and exciting for the time, and I can't imagine sitting through them now. And I. <laughs> can hear the epithets hurled at me already. It, it all started with the Ewoks. That was the uh, downhill slide. <laughs> Dancing and, Ewoks, not my, my bag. <laughs> Empire Strikes Back, I'd love to see. Oh, it yeah. Oh, yeah. That, that's, that's great. But the rest of them, I don't know. So uh, shall we conclude with, uh, do you have any final final words for us? A quote, something funny, anything on your mind. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> movie, movie theaters and film festivals will live forever. Ah, I like that. Live forever. <laughs> Susan? <laughs> I'm just glad that I spent Christmas watching all of the West Wing finally. So oh, <laughs> I still oh, wow. I've done that. I've binged on that. I but, Season five was bad, but then you just had to go sliding through to the last two good ones. So. <laughs> I want to thank Susan Wazena of uh, Gold Derby and RogerEbert.com, which is such a great website, and Tony Gettens of FilmFest DC. And FilmFest DC starts uh, in a few days and uh, virtually. I think I want to end by saying a happy Memorial Day and also it all started going downhill when the Ewoks arrived. <laughs> <laughs> Lou Katz makes us possible on Hound Radio. You're my favorite hound. Well, thank you, Arch. You're my favorite critic. And uh, just, just to give you guys a little insight as to what's been going on, we've been doing this podcast now for just over two years. And Arch and I have been in discussions recently to sort of reboot uh, the, <laughs> the podcast. So... 
We're going to come back in a couple of weeks, and it's going to be known then as the Arch Campbell Podcast with Arch, Lou Katz, and a cast of thousands, which will, of course, include Tony and Susan, et cetera, et cetera. And our good friend Jen Chaney and uh, Nell Minow and uh, many of our other friends from the Washington uh, Film Critics Association. So we'll catch you in a couple weeks. This is the Katz Podcasting System. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.